This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said Podcast. It's something for the weekend time. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss a double barrel of matches. Chelsea and the FA Cup, which is off to, and Newcastle, which is also off to, and so am I. Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I feel like the season, well, I feel like the, the year is about to start properly. It feels like it now. Yeah, big games on the horizon and opportunity knocks and all that feel like i've been on a holiday but actually the last few weeks since i've been back feels more of a holiday because of the winter break so i've been glad of it this year to be honest time to roll up your sleeves villains it's time to see if we've got the metal to uh, get this over the line lots of abc talk about financial fair play and how you sort that out well the main way you sort that out is on the pitch and you qualify for europe in the top four and then financial fair play becomes a lot easier because the riches, the TV money from Champions League is the next big cash cow you can get access to and only four teams get access to that. Maybe five this season. So that is the focus. None of this thinking that the terrorist view is going to solve financial fair play. It's not by any means. It's It might cover... 100 grand here or there won't do fuck all. Exactly. Champions League is where what it's at and if you fail then don't cry about financial fair play. But two teams that are in the ballpark of, at the moment, I would say direct challenges to where we want to go is Chelsea, who have a very young team and are, are on the ascendancy. Uh, they've made a cup final under uh, old Poch. Yeah, they kind of walked what? into it into the end against Borough. Yeah, that Borough semi-final, Chelsea's Borough semi-final. I mean, not ideal to have Chelsea away in the in the FA Cup. Not ideal to have Borough away, uh, really, in the third round. But 
The silver lining was the fact that both Borough and Chelsea were playing each other in the semi-final. So the first leg came pretty soon after the FA Cup game. Well, literally days. Yes. And yeah, so their focus... Days after, would, days after. Yeah, as I mentioned uh, earlier on the podcast, their focus would have been on that. You know, it's the semi-final after all. And then here we are with Chelsea having just come off the second leg of that, our next opponents in the FA Cup. So we've kind of, in terms of our opponents being distracted by a semi-final, it's kind of worked out pretty well in that sense. As good as it could be. Yeah, I think so. And and obviously Chelsea would have known. I mean, I saw a little bit of the press around it and it was very much, this is a make or break week for Chelsea with two big cup games at home. You know, two defeats would be a disaster. Even just getting to like the cup final is was sort of the bare minimum where they had to beat Borough in that one. Really, it might give them confidence. There might be. I don't think they'll be leggy from that one because it was a Tuesday night game. And- I think this is this is a non-event season for them. It's it's all about transition. Mm-hmm. And if they get in a cup final, that I mean, it's that's the main thing. Yeah, get beat by Villa, they don't give a shit. If they beat Villa, they haven't really achieved anything. So that cup was a big thing. By the way, mm-hmm. the main focus of the show is the Newcastle. Uh, game coming up which there's a lot more at stake really for Villa in that but just while we're here we, we realise that this show we're not going to waste too much time on Chelsea because this show actually won't be out very much long before that game takes place mm-hmm. with that said what is strong for Chelsea now it, it is a, a pretty youthful team I mean a lot of money spent on it but it's still making its first steps really as a unit isn't it yeah you got young lads like Nicole Palmer who seems to be sort of stepping up you've still got a few of the older heads you know you've still got Thiago at the back who's a, a very very good player they just don't quite know what they are yet but you could you could see them sort of slowly getting it together as the season go, season goes on because Poch is a good coach yeah I mean they're, they're missing Nicholas Jackson to the AFCON who, who's playing for Senegal but I mean, he, he has been their let's say main striker this season but I mean against Villery in the first game this season he, he did spurn a few chances did he not mm-hmm. also Reese oh, yeah, James yeah, he, is out he fluffed, fluffed his night I mean Reese James is always out though <laughs> Chilwell well, yeah, is back though and had a, he had a very good game actually against Borough in the, the semi-final Sterling kind of blows hot and cold but when he's you know when he's on form he's still a very good player yeah so ultimately you know we're not going to waste too much time on what Chelsea are going to be playing it's more like how Emery will approach this in terms of the mm-hmm. team he plays I think I think you're going to be looking at a similar team to that started the Europa Conference League games and almost I think because we're not in the Europa Conference League until March I think this is FA Cup but essentially is going to fill that fill the gap in the way we approach it I mean obviously if we we continue in it and mm-hmm. I think you'll see a, a similar kind of team to that and because of the break there's been a few injuries obviously with Pau Torres Tillemans only just made the match day squad again whether Ramsey's ready we don't know Luca Dean might be back so he might use it also to get minutes into players like that uh, with a view to Newcastle or obviously be resting certain players for for Newcastle but there has been a break so will he just go strong in both I think he might do just because I think he'll look as it look at it as a chance of not another training session but he's always said you know you learn more about guys in games and I think the opportunity to get guys back back up and running ahead of a big game knowing that obviously you play Friday but then you've got a bit of break and because you don't have to travel to Newcastle you get the time to obviously prep the day of the game etc I'd expect him to go fairly strong I would wonder though because I saw Marshall had gone out on loan um we all know yeah. what Martinez can do. I do wonder if he might play Olsen. So you play a strong side, but you play someone like Olsen in goal. Just just to make it harder for yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do I, I do see the importance of guys coming back. Yeah. You are going to want to get some minutes into those guys. Yeah. 6,000 Villa fans uh, making the way down to London. Uh, 
I believe Manchester City are taking 9,000 to Spurs, which is... It's going to be fun at London Euston, isn't it, then, <laughs> going home? Yeah. Ooh. How are you getting there? I'm getting the train down. Oh. <laughs> Luckily, I'm going into Marylebone. and I decided, I decided to avoid going into Euston, knowing that we were taking a lot and Man City will be coming through Euston as well. Well, good luck with that one anyway, uh... Thanks to everybody <laughs> who's uh, to everybody who's going. But one player that won't be playing is is our new signing, Kostad Nelakovic from Red Star Belgrade, the formerly great Red Star Belgrade, former European champions themselves. Undisclosed fee thought to be around what would you say about five six million ish? Yeah, I, I'd you'd imagine there's loads of boltons as well. Yeah, uh, he's a, eighteen at the moment. He's staying with Red Star. Uh, mainly because he he only signed a was it five year contract with them seventeenth of December year? Yeah. yeah like thirty six days before he signs for Villa it's giving me giving me Fabian Delph summer fifteen vibes with a <laughs> with a the lining of Joe Grealish summer twenty one vibes that uh, situation there yeah I would I wouldn't do that one um I yeah signed a long term deal and then he's out the door a few days later well he's there with like all his family holding up a red star. Belgrade shirt was it with 2027 on the back of it like I'm here for life my home my club my uh, <laughs> yeah my city and then th- my city 36 days later see you later I mean the I think the loan thing is kind of the sweetener but from what I'd read if, if my understanding is correct it's because I think because he's a young lad he'd still be on a youth team contract so if Villa came in to grab him they could have just completely pulled their pants down and he's obviously gone well you, know, you want to look after that club and get them some you know proper money yeah. for what could be a, you know, a big player in the future so I, I understand that because there's no way that at that point of signing the contract Villa weren't in contact in December there's no way especially yeah. on a youth player you'd have done a lot of due diligence over a long period of time so that's just a bit of a um, PR thing but his first deal would have been constructed with Villa in the background yeah, of course pulling the strings of course it would yeah. Yeah. but we look forward to seeing him in, in the summer he likes a tackle. I'll give him that from the, the little video bits I saw. He's um, yeah, he's not shy on the physical side of the game. Obviously, a promising player. I mean, you know, they always hype it and say, "Oh, one of the best," you know, in Europe, young right backs, etc. But obviously, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, got like, lads from that part of the world. They do generally tend to be quite technically good, don't they? And they've always got a lot of heart about them. They're quite tough. yeah, but. But the Premier League is not full with Serbian right-backs, uh, is it? No, it is not. No, it is not. <laughs> so that, that is the thing. Hopefully, he reaches levels above and beyond our two former Serbs. Uh, you know, Milosevic had his day in the sun, but a bit of a slow start. And Sasha Churchic was meant to be the man to lift Villa to another level because he, he was really good with Bolton, but mm-hmm. that, that was a flop, wasn't it? Spent all his time getting plastic surgery, didn't he? And shagging, well, allegedly, like Carmen Electra, Eva Herzegova, and Naomi Campbell. And uh, when you look at him, you go, I don't kind of believe any of the, this kind of these stories. <laughs> he said he retired from football for sex. I think that was misquoted because I think he uh, denounced that. But uh, but yeah, if he does better than both of them, then I think that's considering the level that Milosevic had, which you, I mean, you know, he ended up spitting at Villa fans and leaving but you would hope if he did better than both of them then that would be considered like worth a, like an okay career but hopefully he's you'd hope so hopefully. bring a lot more to the party and actually uh, helps us uh, kick on because obviously right, right back is a position we can uh, upgrade in shall we say 
Yeah, and and I I wonder if it's part of a sort of a slight shift in strategy from Monkey in terms of going and buying players with loads of upside with the potential to you know a little bit like the Brighton model. You know, you you got you get these guys who are a little bit hidden gems, polish them up a bit, and then you you know at some point you can sort of sell them on rather than you know trying to drop. 30, 40 plus million on a right back in the here and now. Well, yeah, but this is, it's hardly uh, a new revelation. I mean, this is what we were trying to do with Paul Lambert, trying to get uh, <laughs> yeah, but that rough. Was no, no, but that was, that, shit was, level. that was the man- mantra. I mean, young and hungry, remember? <sighs> but anyway, Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle, there's only one word to describe this uh, fixture, and that's revenge. It's got to be this one, hasn't it? You may have remembered the humiliation of the first day of the season. I mean, you know, my old man said, putting on a on an event Put on a in spread. Birmingham, <laughs> putting on free bar event to watch that Newcastle game, sort it out nicely for everybody. One thing we can't control, and that, that's Aston Villa on the pitch. <laughs> and, and that went word. tits up big time. I mean, luckily we, we could uh, supply uh, free drinks for everybody. At, at least when you're well-oiled on the first day of the season, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, meh. It was more the Mings. The Mings injury was the, the big one from that. Courtesy of our sponsor for the show, the lovely Green King. And with 2024 upon us, it means a pack schedule. As we thaw out from the winter and get knee deep into the FA Cup, AFCON, and of course the Premier League action. So uh, do beat the January Blues and watch every game with the atmosphere it deserves down your local Green King sports pub. Don't settle for that dodgy stream. If it's on telly, it's on at your local Green King across the huge HD screens. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll also receive 10% off every single drink whenever there's a game on. Their venues offer a range of low and non-alcoholic options too, so dry January doesn't mean you have to settle for a compromised sports watching experience. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is all you need to know about this game. And when we say revenge, we're not just talking about beating Newcastle. We're talking about getting the aggregate score back. (laughs) Yeah. We're 5-1 down from the first leg. 
But you look at the situation in terms of their last six games, the form over the last six games, they are 19th in the league. The six games, 1-1, lost five. Only Brentford is worse off, and that's just by one goal goal difference. But then you look at the home form of the season. The home, Well, the home, not the form, the home record this season. Villa, top of the table, played 10, won nine, drawn one. Then you look at Newcastle's away form. They are 19th in their away form. 10 games, 1-1. Drawn two, lost seven. That's awful, isn't it? Jeez. Terrible. But that, to be fair, their goal difference is only minus six, which is pretty good considering they've only won one game. I mean, you look around them, the team, the only team below them, Sheffield United, minus 20 goal difference. They haven't won this season away. When, when are they coming to Villa Park? Oh, they've been. They've been <laughs> was, and got points. Don't worry. <laughs> that was one of their only two points away from home. I mean, that's, oh, God, why, why didn't we beat them? We, we, we still should be 100%, Chris Bud. We should still be 100%. But the team above them, Fulham, with only one win, they've got a minus 15 goal difference. So are we going to get that aggregate goal difference back? And you cast the scoring a lot more there's a little stat that the yeah. BBC put up where well, there was a few and there were some quite interesting ones actually just comparing them after 21 games so last season they had they, they, they had scored 12 this year they've scored 32 well wow. expected goals is way higher but their expected goals against etc you know shots faced etc was just miles worse you know, I think they're um, last season they'd conceded twelve. At this point, they've conceded thirty-two. Yeah, because I mean, you look at recent their tough recent games where they've gone, they've played Manchester City, although that was at home. You know, they lost, but they lost three-two away at Anfield. They lost, but it was four-two. So they they're always capable of scoring. You know, against the best teams and. Isaac say with ten goals, he's in double figures, and mm-hmm. the likes of Gordon are on seven. Wilson are on seven. I mean, so they're scoring goals. And you've got guys like Bruno. They've got they've got good attacking players. They're they're a, they're a real threat. If, if we're not defensively at the races, they can come to Villa Park and beat us. But I think if we if we can control the game and attack them, they're going to give you chances. I mean, even I watched the the FA Cup game they had against Sunderland when they dominated Sunderland. But as soon as Sunderland crossed the halfway line against them, you thought, fucking hell, Newcastle are wide open here. They're, even a, a Championship team who were beaten, they're still causing them problems. Yeah, I think the upshot is you, we, we're going to have to be clinical here. I mean, we've yeah, we create chances, but we've recently the performances have been a bit in the final third are just a bit tepid in terms of finishing and the, the kind of conviction. And, and we, we can't we can't allow you know we can't squander chances and allow them to basically change the the pattern of the game by no because there's a good chance they will score in this game. I, I, would, I would venture. I, th- I think them having rather not having Joe Linton in the side. I mean, he's, he's virtually out for the rest of the season. I think that's a huge loss for them because he gives them solidity in the middle of the park. Yeah, one of the reasons why they are shipping goals is because Pope Nick Pope is injured as well. Well, he's out for a few. They've a kind few of lost months, their spine. April. Yeah, they lost Botman at the back as well, so they would kind of lost that really solid core that had got them. You know, that made them so difficult to beat last season. Yeah, they're scoring more, but they're conceding a lot more. If you translate it into Villa, you, that would be a, a bit like losing Martinez and, let's say, John McGinn. So it's yeah. not... Uh, yeah. Callum Wilson is... He's got a calf problem. He's meant to be 50-50, but it's looking more likely that he will be available. I'd expect him to play, or at least be in the squad. You know, I've always rated Wilson, but he, he is a bit of a shithouse when he plays at Villa. I mean, he always tries to create beef, doesn't it? Whether it's with Mings or Martinez, with his little nudges and stuff. And it's like, dude, yeah, which the Coventry you're messing with the wrong guys here. You're messing with the wrong guys. I mean, I'm hoping the fact that we've 
we've got a little bit of extra recovery time helps. You know, we play Friday night. They don't play till Saturday night at Fulham so, and with the travel, right, yeah. etc. So they're not going to have much prep time, which normally shouldn't come into it, but you'd think it could actually with this, with that sort of thing. So let's just talk about the, the main threats. Uh, I think Gordon has, has had a decent season and uh, perhaps has suffered just because of players injured around him and you know they've had their fair share of injuries around and and he's had to do a lot of the heavy lifting to kind of keep them competitive I mean there is you know there is if Villa beat them there is a danger of them dropping into the lower half and when you're in the Champions League at the start of the season you're kind of looking one eye on right we've got to keep up our European status but it is hard to just appear out of nowhere in the Champions League and then sustain it as, you know, the likes of Leicester, Leeds going back a few years have found out. The thing about Villa is if we can get there, I think we've slowly built this team. And it just it's one of those teams where where you're adding one or two players every transfer mm-hmm. window. And and it's it's a proper team that's been built together. It's not like being thrown together over a couple of transfer windows. So I think it has a bit more I don't know, togetherness that will serve it well if it got into the Champions League and then, you know, in the league alongside it. I think our foundations are probably stronger. I still think Newcastle, when when everyone's fit, they're a very good side. They showed that last year, but I just think they were were always going to have a drop-off. You know, they had last season and, of course, the previous sort of second half of 2022 where they were very good and they flew past us, which I remember at the time I was raging about. It showed how poor we were. In comparison, I think Villa are more steadier then mm-hmm. let's say Spurs and Newcastle but I think Spurs and Newcastle fully fit have that kind of blitz factor about them where mm-hmm. they've got another gear where Villa I don't think have got as many heavy hitter match winners that are, are proven time and time again and these those two teams kind of carry them but on their day Villa obviously can beat both of them mm-hmm. well, of course the last uh, last time Newcastle came to Villa Park it was 3-0 and should have been 4 or 5 at least but I, I'd, I'd expect a different game now I mean, Villa, there's a danger they will do a Martin O'Neill and fade into sixth or something like that. And then you're thinking, shit. But I think we've got an, there's enough about this team that if we can get into the top four, that there's there's something there to sustain it. It's been built over a period of time. It's not just a yeah. flash in the pan. Wham, bam. There's players there emotionally attached, which is kind of rare in this day and age where you're flipping and changing. But if we don't make the top four, then obviously then with the best will in the world, it's going to be hard to keep certain players at their age and what they want to do personally. And the level they've been at for a, you know, a couple of seasons now, really. You've had guys who've been really hitting the heights. I'm kind of quite cutthroat on that, though. I'm like, well, you weren't good enough to do it for Villa, so we're going to have to find somebody better if we can get a good price for you. <laughs> so it's kind of... Uh, Certainly like with a few... Well, obviously, both Dendonka, ways. Dendonka was out the door this week. Not that he's you know, ever been a big player for us, but it's you know another one of the Gerard strange sort of head-scratching signings is kind of uh, out the door now. I don't know if it was a head-scratcher. That was kind of... There was a logic to that. I think at the time, I just we, I mean, you, you, never, you would be you revisionist, I think, to, to call it a head-scratcher. I think at the time we were saying that it was kind of sensible in terms of, in terms of it from a squad filler point of view. I think that was Alex, what Alex we were that. saying at the time. It's what, well, it's what you said at the time. Yeah, once the new manager comes in, you're kind of looking at him going, well, there's no way he's going to fit into that. Was It It would appear that he, he quite likes Irubinum. You know, he's, they've had him back and he'd have thought if he was going to go out on loan, he probably would have by now, so... Yeah. It would appear that maybe they view him as a, a good player. You know, he's got a good sort of physicality. He's meant to be a good player. He probably needs to make up for some lost time, but he did fairly well at QPR last year before his injury. So, um, you know, that he's back in the squad. Kessler's back. I'd probably expect them both to be in the match day squad for the 
Chelsea game, maybe for Newcastle and games moving forward now. Well, the Dendonka thing is a lot, you know, half of it's about getting those wages off the book in terms of trying to potentially free a bit of wiggle room for maybe somebody else coming in. And also Dendonka with one eye on uh, the Euros for Belgium needing time to actually play mm-hmm. or else he might find himself surplus to requirements there so it kind of works out although ultimately Villa are weaker and you know people easy to discard Dane Donker but you look at last season and two of our best victories against Brentford the Blitz and also Newcastle at home both had Dane Donker started so there is something about him I, I find him fascinating to watch just how he runs <laughs> it, oh, it's bizarre <laughs> it's like the no, turning it's circle like, of the Titanic, hasn't it yeah but it's like no other player his style uh, his running style is like no other player so he's almost like an exotic zoo animal that you watch from the Holt when he's running it's like well look there's a there's right. a very rare dendonka <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen one of them before i've never even thought about that david before but thanks for that <laughs> a rare zoo animal well he is i mean I, I have chuckled before where we've had a you know a counter-attack and you think wow he's got open ground to run into he's virtually clean through and you're like no chance <laughs> he sort of runs out of steam mm. after about 10 minutes bless him M- mobility is not his strong point but he's a, a very sort of steady player tidy yeah yeah, I've always thought it'd be the kind of play you want when you're, you know, you've got your backs to the wall in like a big game and you're 1-0 up in Europe or something. You think, right, bring him on, stick him in front of the back four and just get him heading everything once teams are throwing it in the box. And he's very good at that, sort of breaking the game up. Uh, anyway, it's not the Dendonka show, although I would have loved it to have Frankly, been. Frankly, it bloody uh, should be sometimes. If it was a weekly Dendonka show, then we would have a podcast to be proud of. Anyway, <laughs> in terms of mom's pool panel result, Newcastle, Oh, Newcastle, um, a tough home win. I think I think the winter break has probably come at a good time for both. I think both teams will be refreshed, so I'd, I'd expect Newcastle to be better than they have been, but I think we'll win this one. Yeah, I think we only win this, though, if we actually play well. And that, when I say it, yeah. that means not just like resilient, trying to get it over the line, blah, blah, blah. It, that means actually, oh, right, ref, you know, refreshed after the winter break. Players have obviously been on holiday and kind of back to the performance that we were seeing mm. uh, a few months ago, shall we say. That's the key word, isn't it? You're looking for a performance in this one. And ideally, you want a performance at Stamford Bridge, you know, whatever the result, you want to see that they're, they're coming back fresher and ready to go. But against Newcastle, you actually you want you want something that relates to the how we did against how we played against Manchester City. You know, you want something that looks like it's on the same family tree as opposed to some of the performances yeah. that have followed that that win. Yeah, you, you'd like to get that level of control back at Villa Park. Yeah, no, exactly. So from me, I'm going home win, and um, I've also I've got an eye on that aggregate of five one. <laughs> I would like to beat these by a couple of goals. Put it that way. Just to uh, I'd like put a, them I'd like a repeat in the game place. in April, to be honest. Bearing in mind, of course, we lost 5 1 away la- this season. We lost 4 0 away last season. Yeah. So it is kind of normal course that we get tonked at theirs and then we beat them at ours. Yeah, so hopefully four, that will continue. I'd, re- I'd really like a clean sheet as well, to be honest. The only thing I'm slightly concerned about is when you look at the the poor record, away records of this season, and you've seen that Sheffield United, the worst, haven't even won, came to Villa Park, the only team to come to Villa Park and get a point. And now the next team up is Newcastle, and you're thinking, oh, it's not going to be one of these, is it? Where seven teams have beaten them on their own, you know, on their own patch when Newcastle have visited, and and you know, surely Villa should add their name to that list. Surely. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.